Who wants to be a superhero? Erica Belfry once did. But after an ill-fated attempt to stop a supervillain's bank robbery, she found herself on the wrong side of the law as the supervillain Princess Crash. Now partnered with Jefferson, alias Weatherman, a crotchety thespian with storm powers, and ironically the same villain she tried to stop in her first heroic venture, Erica finds herself navigating the complicated world behind the cape. One in which every daring hero and villainous heel answers to a corrupt secret organization known only as the Board. Forced to battle heroes in orchestrated public bouts known as capers, Erica for a while enjoyed her new adventures as a pretend villain. That was until she discovered the harsh truth. Although their capers were planned, the consequences of a heel losing a caper and being caught meant going to prison for life. Now caught as pawns in the schemes of the true enemies who control the battleground, Erica and Jefferson recognize the dangers they face. For this is a dangerous world for those who don't play their parts in this theater of heels. Support me on Patreon. Previously on Theater of Heels, last time we saw our daring villains, Jefferson had distracted Erica from a prison transport. They came face to face with the enigmatic Board of Inquiry and performed a daring heist against the police department of the city of Majestic. Although they were successful in their ventures, they were tracked back to their secret lair by none other than Erica's police officer brother, Cedric. After learning that Cedric had been secretly listening in on their conversation, the Board of Inquiry had arrived and placed them under a psionic contract. If Cedric spills their secrets, he will die. Unfortunately, Cedric had already shared Erica's location with her parents, who were on their way. And now, I present you with our current episode. Theater of Heels, Volume 2, Heroes, Heist, and Heels, Part 4, Family Matters, Chapter 16, Special Clearance. Breakfast! What? Erica sat bolt upright. She looked around her lab, confused. She pulled away a piece of a draft paper that was stuck to her cheek. Her drool had smeared the ink notes on the page. She must have fallen asleep at her workstation again. Ah, oh, man, she groaned. I was onto something here. I bet you were. A shadow loomed over her, and she glanced up, rubbing her eyes. Said, what are you doing here? Her brother gave her a knowing grin. I was invited. Erica grumbled. Of course you were. She blinked and looked around her lab. What time is it anyways? Cedric glanced at his watch. 7.32 a.m. In the morning? Erica exclaimed. Roosters don't get up this early. I'm pretty sure they do, Cedric said, smiling. Well, if so, I know why fried chicken got invented. Cedric chuckled. Erica asked, Do I have to go up there? Mom has been so... I don't know, she gestured wildly at the ceiling. There, since she arrived. Can't you tell her I'm right in the middle of an experiment that I can't leave or that I passed out at my desk? That's technically not a lie. I think I... I think it was up pretty late. I definitely think I heard birds chirping outside. Cedric arched an eyebrow and glanced around. You heard birds, 
through your reinforced soundproof walls. Well, I should have, she snapped. Erica sighed. Come on, bro. Do me a solid and make up some sort of excuse for me. Cedric nodded sympathetically. I love to, sis, but mom wasn't the one who sent me down here. Erica frowned. She wasn't? Nope. He shook his head. Jefferson sent me. Erica dropped her head. He did. Yep, Cedric confirmed. He said, and I quote, Tell your sister to come up here right this instant, or I shall personally create the worst tempest she had ever seen through her lab. <laughs> he did? Cross my heart, replied Cedric. He said the word tempest in everything, although I ad-libbed the laugh. Fine. Erica stretched and he felt Erica stretched and she felt her spine make several audible pops. Cedric stepped back while he waved his other hand in front of his face. Whoa, sis! You're making my eyes water. When's the last time you hosed off? I don't know. Erica dropped her arms and self-consciously hugged herself as she considered the question. Three days, maybe? Cedric arched an eyebrow. Really? Maybe five. Cedric snorted. You need to warn a guy. Next time I'll bring my gas mask. Hey! She punched him in the shoulder. Cedric flexed. What was that love tap for? It wasn't a love tap, she protested. Sure it was, he disagreed. It has to be, because all I felt from that little tap was love. Listen here, mouth breather, he joked. Do you even know how to throw an actual punch? Do you want me to get one of my robots in here to do it for me? Erica warned. You sure they can handle that without breaking? Replied Cedric. Erica glared. Order 66! The lab lights flashed red, and a warning light blared. In that same instance, all of the robots in the room came online and spun towards Cedric. Cedric held up his hands and shouted, Whoa, whoa, sis! I take it back! You're an all-powerful warrior nerd! Cancel Order 66. The lights instantly turned to normal. The alarm stopped, and the robots reset themselves in their charging stations, going offline. Erica smirked and playfully punched him on the shoulder again. And don't you forget it. As Erica strode past into the elevator, she snatched up a book on Latin linguistics. Sergeant smirked. A bit of light reading? She shrugged. A bit. He shook his head and followed her into the elevator. Once the door closed and started to rise, Erica asked, So, how are things going up top? Sergeant snorted. I've been in literal hostage situations that seem less tense. Erica groaned. Oh man, are they fighting? No, it's more like an uneasy truce between battles. Darn it, I don't want to go up there. Tell you what, let's go back and hide in my lab and I'll order takeout. Remember Jefferson's threat? Yeah, and that little stink cloud would do it too. She glanced at him. So why are you here, said... Believe it or not, as I said, I was invited here by Mom and Jefferson. Separately, of course. I had a day off, so I figured I would stop by here before going to the gym. Really? Crossed my heart, said Cedric. I'm glad to see you and all, but why? They both wanted the same thing from me. Since I'm in the know now, Cedric grimaced but continued, 
Jefferson and I get along relatively well. I mean, I still think he's an insufferable snob, but I don't want to shoot him anymore, at least. Ekra smiled. Well, that is an improvement. Subject threw an arm over her neck and put her in a headlock. Plus, knowing just how far he went to protect my smart but dumb little sister went a long way in proving how I felt about him. Hey, get off of me! Subject released her laughing. Jerk! She punched him in the shoulder. He brushed off his arm. Okay, so you and Jefferson are BFFs now. What did he and Mom want exactly? Nothing really. Just to run interference with each other. Jefferson just wants a little peace in his home. And Mom is trying to snoop around without being noticed. Erica snorted. <laughs> She's welcome to try. I have like a dozen cameras all over the apartment. She can't do anything without... She can't do anything without me knowing. Hmm. Erica glanced down at her book thoughtfully. Noting her reaction, Cedric asked, What is it? Erica shook her head. I don't want to say. Not just yet. Okay. That brings me to the second reason they both asked me here. They each wanted my help getting you out of hiding in your lab. I'm not hiding in my lab, Erica protested. Cedric arched an eyebrow. Okay. I might have taken away mom and dad's clearance to enter, but that was for their own safety. Uh-huh, he grunted, unconvinced. It's true. There's a lot of dangerous stuff down there. I didn't want them to... get hurt? She wielded under his gaze. Fine, I'm coming, but I might have to take away your clearance too. I'm willing to take that risk. Erica groaned and laid her head against the wall, resigning herself to her fate. The door pinged open. Erica tentatively glanced into the room. She could hear the living room's TV playing the hero report. She looked at the TV and saw a news anchor Victor Tango sitting alone behind his usual desk as his familiar voice filled the air. The cleanup crew and reconstruction of Hopper Station from the last week's battle at the Bicentennial Gala is nearly complete. The supervillains Waterfall and Clan, the criminal fugitives responsible for the explosion that hurt over two dozen people, including our own Monica Beach, are still at large. The devastating battle had also injured Cape Score members Sleek and Sprinter. I witnessed firsthand how they, plus Spearhawk and their team leader Block, have valiantly defended the gala's guest. In a statement last night, the Cape Score had revealed that both Sprinter and Sleek should return to active duty later this week. We at the Hero Report are also happy to report that my co-anchor. We at the Hero Report are also happy to report that my co-anchor Monica Beach has made a full recovery and is back on the show now. Welcome back, Monica. I'm so glad to have you back by my side, giving our viewers all their hero-related news. On the TV screen, the dark-eyed news anchor smiled at the camera as she fidgeted with her news sheets. Thank you, Victor. It's good to be back. Tell me, Monica, as an anchor for the Hero Report, how strange was it for you to be a part of such an intense news story? I, for one, found that it certainly colored my perception of the dangers our heroes face every day. Monica went slightly touching her head. To be honest, Victor, it's been a bit of a blur. Monica glanced at her hand, surprised. 
before she self-consciously lowered to the desk and smiled at the camera. I'm just glad to be back on air, serving the people of Majestic. She straightened her papers again and said, This morning's top story is following the evolving battle between Cape Score hero Pyrexia and the villainous man-elephant on the Perez Memorial Bridge. Ekra let the rest of the report wash over her as she ducked her head back into the elevator car, warning if anyone saw the door open. She briefly debated by hitting the button to return to the floor of her lab, but before she could follow through with her new amazing plan, Cedric pushed her outside. He chuckled, Not so fast, kiddo. She shrugged away from him irritably. I'm so taking your lab clearance away. Cedric smirked at her before calling out, Hey, look who I dragged up here. In the corner of the living room loft, Jefferson clicked off the TV and turned in his seat to glare at Erica. Her mother, Mary Belfry, came out of the kitchen wiping her hands with a dish towel. She looked Erica over before she smoothed her face with a half-smile that fooled no one. Well, look who decided to join the world of the Waken. Erica yawned. Yeah. <sighs> well, I only just joined the world of the sleeping a couple hours ago. So, my return felt a bit premature. Cedric laughed. Yeah, I found her sleeping at her desk. Mary demanded. What did you say? Erica fastened him with a death stare. He winked at her as he strode further into the room to make himself a pot of coffee. You can't go burning the candle at both ends like that, young lady. You'll burn yourself out. I didn't mean to, Erica admitted. I was just in the lion's teeth of one of my projects. Mary Belfry rolled her eyes. I know how you get when you are in the lion's teeth, her mom said in air quotes. I've watched you work like this since you were seven years old. She shook her head. You need to keep more normal hours, honey. Mom, I'm a night owl. That's just when I get my best ideas. That's hogwash, and you know it replied Mary. You're a tornado of ideas every second of every day. You just don't know how to stop long enough to take care of yourself. When was the last time you showered? I could smell you from here. Mom, that's embarrassing. No, the smell coming off of you is embarrassing. Now go throw a coat of deodorant on to mask your stink, and we'll power through your aroma during breakfast. Mom, but... I'm not hungry, said Erica. Her traitorous stomach grumbled out loud, disputing her claim. Mary regarded her with a very Cedric-like eyebrow arch. Uh-huh. She made a shoeing gesture. Now go wash up. I want you sitting in your chair by the time Cedric and I set the table. Cedric straightened up. What do I have to set the table? Why not let... Mary cut him off. Because you, young man, are looking far too smug with yourself and need to help your mama out. Is that clear? Cedric sighed. Yes, ma'am. He glanced over at Erica. She stuck her tongue out. Mary caught Jefferson's eyes across the open room. She straightened up and said formally, Mr. Stewart, would you like to join us for breakfast? He regarded her with a guarded expression. I would be delighted. Mary nodded, turned, and gritted her teeth like a marathon runner, taking their first step in the race. Erica could commiserate. It certainly felt like she had a very long day to go before this day would end, and it was still early in the morning. 
She glanced at Jefferson and gave him a quick smile as she headed for the restroom. Jefferson's scowl deepened. Minutes later, Erica stared into the mirror as she washed her hands for an unneeded amount of time. She briefly wondered if she could delay things further by taking a shower. They did say she stunk. A shower would undoubtedly take care of that. A nice, long, luxurious shower would be just what the doctor... A knock came at the door. She winced and called, Occupied! Jefferson's voice came through the door. I know it's occupied. You've been washing your infernal hands for five minutes. I know you're avoiding us, but your mother... The latter word dripped with venom. Has set the blasted table. Now get out here and face the music. Erica breathed. Fine. She shut off the sink's water and opened the door. Jefferson was leaning against the wall. His eyes flashed with lightning. You and I need to talk. Erica inwardly sighed. What's the problem? Jefferson's glare deepened. What's the problem? He repeated. Is your mother. Erica tried to protest. Hey, that's not... She wilted before a stare. Not entirely untrue. She finished lamely. Jefferson huffed. Then took a quick calming breath. When he spoke next, the voice came out even and measured. Listen, I'm sure that your mother is... A lovely person. Deep down. His eyes crackled. But she is driving me mental. I have been nothing but accommodating to her and the rest of your family since they darkened my doorstep last month. But they have, or rather she has, worn out her welcome. Erica grimaced. Erica whispered, holding up her hands in a calming gesture. I know, I know. She's just worried about me. Especially after, you know, the prison incident. Jefferson's nostrils flared over his pursed lips. I understand that, he said with a barely restrained patience. What you have been through was traumatic. I'm also sympathetic to the terror your family endured. But your mother hasn't loved since the morning she arrived. I know, said Erica, glancing nervously down the hallway leading to the main room. I think she's just trying to watch out for me. Yes, Jefferson added dryly. And she thinks I'm the villain who steered her wayward daughter into a life of crime. That's not true, she just... Erica floundered under Jefferson's skating stare. Surely you must have noticed that she has done everything she can to prevent the two of us from talking outside her presence. This conversation is the first words I've gotten to say to you without her hovering over us in the last month. That's not true, said Erica. All you had to do was come down to the lab. I took her clearance away. About that, said Jefferson. While you've been hiding down in your lab for days on end, you left me alone up here to play host to your family. Do you have any idea how irate Mary became when she discovered that you revoked her ability to visit you in your lab? Erica shook her head and said weakly, She kept getting in my way as I worked. All she wanted to do was try to... Talk you out of being a supervillain. I know. She said as much up here. So, you guys talked about it? Talk? <laughs> no. Jefferson snorted contemptuously. The ever-right Mary Belfry is not bothered to talk to a criminal like me. He shook his head. 
but she hardly muffles her snide remarks when your father or brother visits. Is that coming tonight? I wish. Jefferson stared at her for a moment before rolling his eyes. You really do not pay attention to the time of day, do you? Today's Wednesday. He only comes up here on the weekends when he closes his garage. Whenever he's here, the company is much more pleasant. Jefferson shook his head. The point is, you need to be more present and figure out a way to tell your mother that we are not done being the daring bad guys we are, no matter how much she, you, or even I wish it. The board has not finished its machinations with us. I know, but how am I supposed to do that? Erica pleaded. Jefferson held his hands up to the heavens. Sit down for a heart-to-heart, write her a letter, or put it in blasted skywriting. I don't care. But say what you have to, or I will. We both know that I'm not a patient man, Erica. And what little patience I do possess is quickly waning. What are you two talking about? Jefferson and Erica jumped as Mary Belfried suddenly appeared in the hallway. Mom! Erica stammered. You scared me. Mary stared at them darkly as she searched their expression for some insight. Jefferson looked at his partner meaningfully. Well, Erica? Erica glanced between them. She exclaimed, We weren't talking about anything, Mom. I'm just decided to have some breakfast. She then scurried past her mother to the already set table. Mary glanced back at Jefferson, who met her stare evenly. Mary's eyes tightened for a moment before she stepped back from the corner of the hallway and waved towards the table. We should eat before the food gets cold. Jefferson nodded slowly. It would be my pleasure. They both spared each other one more icy stare before they joined the others at their already tense table. Discover what's happening on the next episode of Theater Heals after these messages. On the next episode of Theater of Heels, Volume 2, Heroes, Tyson, Heels, the air is tense around the table as Jefferson, Erica, Cedric, and Mary Belfry share a morning meal. However, when tempers flare between the Belfry's matriarch, Mary, and Erica's literal partner in crime, Jefferson, everyone dies for cover as words and accusations fly. Be here for the much-needed and very much unwanted heart-to-heart between these two indomitable wills. Tune in next week for Theater of Heels, Volume 2, Chapter 17, Breakfast of Champions. See you then. Thank you for listening to this episode of Theater of Heels. I hope you enjoyed my tale of heroes and villains. If you like this story, perhaps you might like other tales created by me, Christopher Chansey. I also have another podcast titled Stories by the Fire. It's an eclectic range of short stories and longer epics, told in a darker ambiance. All these tales and more are available on my website, ChristopherChancy.com, and my YouTube channel. Theater of Heels and my other novels are also available on Amazon.com and other fine book retailers. If you'd like to support my work, please consider joining my Patreon family at Patreon.com slash ChristopherChancy. There you get exclusive insights and sneak peeks into my work, projects, artwork, and novels, as well as get access to exclusive merch. As always, thank you for stopping by and listening. May your journey always be a heroic one. 
Farewell. <laughs>